Good morning and welcome to the once a year personnel committee meeting of the San Francisco County Transportation Authority. Um, I am the chair of this little known committee, Aaron Peskin, joined by committee member uh, Commissioner Hillary Ronan and hopefully soon to be joined by Vice Chair uh, Commissioner Rafael Mandelman. Our clerk is Mr. Alberto Quintanilla. Mr. Quintanilla, could you please call the roll? Item one, roll call. Commissioner Mandelman. Mandelman absent. Commissioner Peskin. Present. Peskin present. Commissioner Ronan. Ronan present. We have quorum. Great. Could you please read the next item? Item two, approve the minutes of the December 5th, 2018 meeting. This is an action item. Are there any changes or comments, Commissioner Ronan, on the minutes from last year? Seeing none, is there any public comment on this item? Seeing none, uh, we are joined by Vice Chair Mandelman and uh, Commissioner Mandelman. We are approving the minutes from December 5th. Do you have any comments on those? Seeing none, uh, is there a motion to approve the minutes from December 5th, 2018, made by Commissioner Ronan? And um, why don't you call the roll on that? On item two, Commissioner Mandelman. Aye. Mandelman, aye. Commissioner Peskin? Aye. Peskin, aye. Commissioner Ronan? Ronan, aye. We have final approval. All right, next item, please. Item three, recommend adoption of a rail program manager job classification and revised organization chart. This is an action item. Ms. Fong. Good morning, commissioners. Um, as you mentioned, Chair Peskin, we convene once a year on personnel-related items. Um, last year in December, I brought before you a staff reorganization plan in addition with updated job description, a reclassification of six positions, and had um, asked for a salary structure increase as well for the all staff except for the executive director. Um, in October 2018, uh, the board had asked staff to convene a, a multidisciplinary expert panel review, review panel to review the current and alternative governance management oversight finance and project delivery of the Caltrain downtown downtown rail extension program. Um, the board had received the final report in November 2019 and uh, one of the one of the direction was to move forward to help the TJPA reposition and to reset the project working in collaboration and in drawing upon the experience of stakeholder agencies such as the transportation and other transportation agencies in the Bay Area. We are here today seeking a new job position to proactively manage, oversee, and coordinate the project development efforts on numerous rail projects as Tilly will discuss in our work program on the next item. Uh, at after a short transition period um, for this position, we anticipate that we would reduce our reliance on on-call engineering um, for the rail project management oversight. In terms of um, the title of this position, we'd like to title this position the, as the rail program manager, and we'd like to increase our agency from 46 full-time equivalent positions to 47 full-time equivalent positions. In, um, in terms of fiscal impact, we anticipate a recruitment, if approved, to begin in January. We'd bring before, hopefully bring this uh, person on for around April, and I would anticipate um, a budget increase of $68,905. Um, in the next fiscal year, we'd anticipate a, a total personnel increase of $275,620 for this position. This would include salary and benefits. And are there questions or comments from colleagues? So 
Ms. Fong or Ms. Chang, relative to the notion of transition from on-call uh, non-staff members to a in-house position, what do you think that period of transition uh, looks like? What period of time are we talking about where we're paying for two rather than one? <clears throat> Thank you, Chair Preskin. Um, as you know, we've had uh, the benefit of our longtime real consultant, uh, Luis Arnaga, for over 10 years. I do think that we do need Luis for a couple more years to finish off, for example, the oversight of Central Subway, which is his longtime assignment. Um, thereafter, I think that with the benefit of the new rail program manager, we would be able to shift a lot of the newer responsibilities, for example, around DTX to the new person. In any case, we will still be um, assisted by a, a team of um, on-call consultants that these people would also help us to manage. So, on the one hand, I am a big fan of independent oversight that can be brought by the TA, by and through its staff, or consultants. On the other hand, um, one of the findings of the expert panel um, has to do with collaboration between a number of agencies, and ultimately, in the structure that, the governance structure that they recommended, hiring a independent uh, party. So I want to understand how this rail position works with that independent party and whether or not this should come out of, solely come out of our funds or whether or not it should also um, receive subventions from some of the other agencies that are interested uh, or vested in DTX Thank or what you. we or now have a working title called DTX. Right, and it's really the DTX rail program of projects, I should clarify. Um, by now, as you know, our whole sales tax program is heavily transit-oriented. It has always been. It's about two-thirds of the Prop K program is transit. So the oversight functions um, that Luis performs in addition to things like the DTX include things like the Muni LRV or the whole Muni um, capital program. So this person would really need to um, work on TA, TA assignments, right? Whether it's on a particular capital project or program of projects like the DTX, and that would include the Penn Avenue work as well as the future second crossing and the second tube planning work with BART in the Capitol Corridor. So that whole related set of um, projects, including the Caltrain entire business plan going south, would be would be needed. It would be hard for us, I think, to ask other agencies to pay into that, even though uh, they will benefit from that. But that's part of our coordination role that we do as a regional um, coordinator for, for San Francisco on rail matters. I do think we will be asking for contributions from the other agencies for the consultant budgets to support, for example, the DTX rail program of projects. Each of us will be needing to staff up, um, as rightly pointed out, not only by the DTX peer review that we convened, but also by the APTA peer review that TJPA convened, everyone needs to sort of staff up on rail. Um, the, the staffing around the region is rather thin, and now we're seeing this whole renaissance of rail planning and the interest in truly, truly pursuing a rail agenda. So I think we all do need to build capacity. All right, Mr. Lebrun. Good morning, supervisors. So first of all, thank you for taking care of this issue, which is long overdue. It seems to me, bearing in mind what's happening with the central subway and having an individual have been involved in that project for the last 10 years, 
extending that contract by another two years is probably not necessarily the uh, smartest thing to do. Um, now, with regards to costs, if you terminate these, these contracts, instead of extending for another two years, I put it to you, you're probably looking at a saving of $2 million. So, did you may like to check my arithmetic on that. Now, with regards to the proposal of the position, this is so important to the city of San Francisco that I think that the uh, position of a rail manager <coughs> eventually reporting the de deputy uh, for capital uh, projects is not appropriate. What you want is a new division reporting directly to the executive directors that deals purely with rail. That's the Transbay Tube, the Pennsylvania Avenue extension, the DTX, and the future extension of the Central Subway. And that individual should be drawing it from all the other branches and actually build up a group of five or six people who basically continue with their existing um, you know, responsibilities, but really start getting on board as far as rail is concerned. So that's my two cents. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. LeBrun. Are there any other members of the public who would like to testify on this item number three? Seeing none, public comment is closed. Um, I certainly hear what Mr. LeBrun is saying, but I think you have to walk before you can run, and getting all of these different disparate organizations to cooperate is our imperative. Is there a motion to recommend adoption of a rail manager job classification and revised organization chart made by uh, Commissioner Mandelman? And if there is no objection, same house, same call. Uh, could you please read the next item? Item one, uh, items going into closed session, evaluation of public employee performance and recommend approval of the executive director's performance objectives for 2020. This is an action item. Is there any public comment on this item? Seeing none, public comment is closed and we will convene in closed session.
SFGovTV, San Francisco Government Television. My name is Travis, and I'll be your waiter for this evening. <laughs> On the menu we have. Well, welcome everyone to these beautiful, beautiful chambers that I often refer to during board meetings as the mosh pit. You all know what I'm thinking when I say that. Uh, so many wonderful uh, memories in this chamber and such a joyous occasion this evening. Uh, to introduce and swear in uh, my good friend, Dean Preston. Uh, President Norman Yi, how do you say congratulations in Chinese? And he said, Mazel Tov. <laughs> so Mazel Tov. And happy Festivus. We do have some luminaries in the room who it's my great honor to introduce. First of all, we have former Assemblyman, Supervisor, and Senator Mark Leno. Someone who I've known for many, many years, have a great affection for, former mayor, Art Agnos. Every time I drive down the Embarcadero, Art, I think of you, because he tore down that damn freeway. I have former supervisor and current chair of the DCCC, David Campos. San Francisco Board of Education member Mark Sanchez. City College trustee Tom Temprano. City College Trustee Alex Randolph. <laughs> Treasurer Jose Cisneros. <laughs> BART Board Director, former Supervisor Bevan Dufty. <laughs> Current Supervisor, District 8, Rafael Mandelman. Former Supervisor, District 9, former, current Supervisor, <laughs> Hillary Ronan. <laughs> she gets a double. She gets a double for that. 
current supervisor, District 6, Matt Haney. Current Supervisor, District 1, Sandra Lee Fewer. <laughs> President of the Board and Current Supervisor, Norman Yee. <laughs> and Current Supervisor, District 4, Gordon Marr. Well, I was quite honored by uh, Supervisor-elect and, <laughs> oh my God, two, oh man. All right, current, su current supervisor and uh, colleague from District 10, Shimon Walton. And of course, without any introduction needed, my good friend and colleague from District 3, Supervisor Aaron Peskin. <laughs> Sorry for the omit, no returned phone calls for Tom. <laughs> Where are you, dear? Oh, former, <laughs> former supervisor and sheriff, Ross Mercurime. District 5. District. I can't use the F word, but I would say District 5. All right. It's been uh, um, uh, quite a journey. You know, I spent 14 years. Uh, here in this uh, chamber, and uh, we had many victories, we had some losses, but we always stayed resilient. Um, I remember uh, especially the first years of my tenure, the issues were housing, homeless, police, muni, marijuana, mental health. That's why I feel this is the Groundhog Day movie. <laughs> but I'd like to think that the various boards, even with their different opinions, did lay the building box for many of these uh, issues and social justice issues that San Francisco is known for have been laid. And I know that we are gonna continue that with our currently elected supervisor from District 5. You know, when I um, got on the board, I had two supervisors in mind that were very uh, inspirational. Uh, one of them was Harvey Milk, and the other was Harry Britt. I think if each of them knew about what leadership was, it wasn't so much about being in charge, but taking care of the people who were their charge. I think they knew about leadership, not necessarily being someone who was gonna lead, but someone who was gonna make a difference. And that's why they inspired me, and that's why I was so supportive and so honored to uh, uh, support 
uh, Dean Preston. And uh, I would like Dean to come forward now and I can swear you in. We've been waiting for this moment a long time. Would you please kneel? No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> please repeat after me, uh, New Jersey accent not required. <laughs> I, Dean Preston. I, Dean Preston. Could you hear him? No. Sure? Sure. All right. I'll be loud. I, Dean Preston, do solemnly swear or affirm do solemnly swear or affirm that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States. That I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States. And the Constitution of the State of California. And the Constitution of the State of California. Against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And that I will bear true faith and allegiance and that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the State of California. To the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the State of California. That I take this obligation freely without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion. That I take this obligation freely and without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion. And that I will well and faithfully and that I will well and faithfully discharge the duties discharge the duties which I am about to enter which I am about to enter and during such time and during such time as I hold the offices of commissioner of the San Francisco County Transportation Authority and during Surpri <laughs> surprise <laughs> and during such time as I hold the offices of Commissioner of the San Francisco County Transportation Authority and member of the Board of Supervisors and member of the Board of Supervisors of the City and County of San Francisco of the City and County of San Francisco as Mayor of the Emerald City <laughs> I now pronounce us man and wife <laughs> Supervisor Supervisor Dean. Thank you. Wow. Thank you so much. Thank you all so much. Well, I've um, already broken a uh, promise to myself, and I've now broken it twice in the last week, which is n I promised myself a long time ago, never follow Tom Amiano in public speaking. <laughs> he is a hard act to follow, but it is an honor to be with you all today. It is uh, such an honor to be sworn in uh, by Tom Amiano, um, a, my 
legislative hero, mentor in many ways, um, and I was so pleased that he was able uh, to be deputized to uh, swear me in today, even if he threw me a curveball or two during the swearing in. <laughs> Um, and, I, you know, I just want to start um, by talking about something that I didn't talk about a lot on a campaign trail. I've always had mixed feelings um, about uh, talking a lot about, uh, about family and roots um, when you're out there trying to get votes. But now that we won and we're moving forward into taking office, I'm going to embarrass my family. Um, so thank you so much to my incredible wife, Jenkin, who's over here. She, she has uh, put up with me now for 30 years. Yes, we're that old. Sorry, Jenkin. Um, and, uh, and, and thank you so much for all your support and sacrifice, especially over this, this last year. Um, and to my kids who are hiding there in the second row, you guys can duck down and hide. It's fine. Uh, Sky and Kira, raise your hands. <laughs> My brilliant, amazing kids, and if you've ever run for office or ever known anyone who's run for office or, God forbid, been married to someone who runs for office, uh, you know that, that uh, the, the spouse, the parent, uh, is not around in the same way as before they ran for office. And so I want to thank my, my kids and Jenkin for the, all of their love and patience and support, um, especially over this last year. Thank you. Obviously, I stand on the shoulders of a lot of folks in my, uh, in my family going back, even beyond folks who are here today. Um, my, my father, who is alive but is not able to be here for, for health reasons tonight, uh, he and his parents uh, are Holocaust survivors who uh, landed on the shores in New York City and built a life here in this country. And uh, without their incredible um, uh, tenacity, uh, and determination to overcome all odds. I obviously wouldn't be here today, and I'm sure uh, for, for them, for my uh, father, uh, and for my grandparents and others, um, they probably never imagined uh, that I would be here being sworn in uh, and taking office uh, in this next generation. Um, so many others, my mother who passed away uh, 10 years ago, who sacrificed so much uh, to raise me, my, my brother who's been the rock of the family during the last few years while we've uh, suffered a lot of loss with my mother passing away, my sister uh, who passed away in 2018 uh, of, of, of cancer uh, at the age of 51 uh, and who made me, who, who loved the politics so much from my run in 2016, she made me promise her that I would run for office again uh, and uh, I'm glad I made that promise to her. Um, so. And as I'm here, I also want to um, recognize and really feel the presence of my greater family, including so many who are here today, uh, my wife's family, uh, particularly the Goosby family. I don't know if you guys want to raise your hands, um, but they are here, Kofi and Selassie and Dara and Zoe and Zaretti and Nancy and Eric. Um, 
And if, and if uh, Goosby is a familiar name to you, uh, it is because you, uh, you know your San Francisco history. Um, and everything that I learned when I moved to this city in 1993 as a new city, um, as a new resident of the city, um, I learned through uh, conversations with the late Dr. Zaretti Goosby, uh, first African-American president of the school board during school integration, integration uh, and really one of the greats in this city. And I, I owe him so much for orienting to me, me to uh, politics in this town, uh, including who to trust and who not to trust. And I tell you, the Goosby family loves this m former mayor sitting in the front row like no other, Art Agnos. <laughs> So uh, I, I see we have uh, uh, Mano is here, our uh, public defender. I don't know. Uh, thank you for being here. And I, I think we've mentioned the other uh, the other elected uh, officials who are here. Um, but also, I, I, do we have Chase? Oh, Chase again. Wonderful, Chase uh, Boudinard, DA. It is a new day in San Francisco when our public defender is Mano Raju and our, uh, and our uh, district attorney is Chesa Boudin. So exciting things are to come. <laughs> to my, uh, I guess I don't have to say soon to be colleagues now that the oath is completed. So to my colleagues, to President Yi uh, and so many of you for making time uh, today to be here. Thank you so much. And I am really looking forward to working with you. You're gonna have to teach me a little. I'm used to talking more at rallies uh, than at, uh, at Board of Supervisors hearings. So I'm, I'm sure you'll, uh, you'll, you'll teach me a thing or two about how to operate in the, these, uh, these chambers. Um, and we've got so many folks here um, and uh, who, who we can't recognize individually. People who work so hard on our campaign, neighbors from District 5, uh, labor leaders, uh, tenant rights leaders, folks, so many folks in this room who have been fighting day in and day out uh, for all the things uh, that make this city great and who are unwilling to, uh, to give up this city to the greed, the speculation, the never-ending greed and speculation. <laughs> This is, in many ways, a big deal. It's a big deal to me because I'm being sworn into the Board of Supervisors, but it's a bigger deal. It's a bigger deal because of who I have the pleasure to represent on this board. I am, as uh, Tom alluded to, I am the first Democratic Socialist elected to the Board of Supervisors in 40 years. And that gives me the privilege and the honor of representing on this board a movement of people who believe in putting people ahead of profits and making that a reality in every possible way. I am, I believe, the first tenant rights attorney to be elected to the Board of Supervisors. I have had the honor for for 20 years uh, to be part of a housing justice movement and I now have the honor to represent 
that movement here in the Board of Supervisors, and it's a, it really is a, a privilege uh, to be in that, in that position. The, the movements that have put me here and that I have been a part of um, are not new. So many of you, whatever label you attach to your political ideology, whatever you've been fighting for in different pieces of legislation or in the streets, you have been fighting this fight. These movements have been fighting for years, for decades, really for generations. They are not new. The history in this town of organizing, whether it is workers on the waterfront, whether it is LGBTQ activists in the Castro, whether it is tenants rising up for rent control, the rich, incredible history of activism is and has been alive for years. I am a part of that movement. And now I'm a part of that movement that has a greater voice here on the Board of Supervisors. So when I say that today is not about me, it is about those movements, I mean that. I, I mean that in every possible way. And I want the folks to know who have been organizing in those movements, whether in District 5 or anywhere in the city, that our office in the District 5 office is your office, it's your organizing center. What you do outside City Hall is as important as anything we do inside City Hall. And in fact, your organizing work outside City Hall is what enables me, or will enable me, and has enabled my colleagues around me to do so many of the great things that have been accomplished by this board and will be accomplished by this board in the upcoming years. So thank you for your incredible activism. So, you know, I, I get asked all the time, I don't know if you're wondering this, like, what does it mean to have a democratic socialist on the Board of Supervisors? So, oh, all right, fantastic. So Hillary's gonna answer that. <laughs> What does it mean to have two democratic socialists? Anyone else want to out themselves? <laughs> There's time. We'll have, we'll have them all by the end of the year. <laughs> yeah. And to me, the, the democratic socialist movement really is about more explicitly not just valuing people over profits, but intentionally moving power in our city and our society through structural reforms from corporations and billionaires to working class people. That is the challenge of socialism and it guides everything we do. And it's not just a vague idea or a noble cause, it affects everything that we work on. So it means moving forward in a serious way on social housing for the city of San Francisco instead of private real estate speculation. It means a union in every workplace, a strong union, and beyond that, it means democratizing workplaces and worker ownership and worker cooperatives wherever possible. It means an end to homeless sweeps which are unconscionable and which we will not tolerate in this city. 
It means public power instead of power and other utilities for profit. It means public transportation and I dare say it, free public transportation instead of privatized transportation. And we are up for this fight. I want to just state the elephant, or recognize the elephant in the room. We will not do this all in my first week in office. <laughs> some of these are long-term fights, some are short-term, but we're gonna get to work immediately on all these things. And I feel so uh, emboldened to move into City Hall and pursue these issues because of all the support and the grassroots activism, the folks who have my back and who know that I have theirs, and I can't thank you enough for all the support and for being here this evening. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm still pinching myself every second. Um, hey, hey, Norm. Uh, uh, we are, um, please hang out with us, bask in the beauty of the rotunda or here and share lots of hugs. We are going to be having um, a, a, a party for our, the opening of our office soon where we can all spend a lot more time together. But tonight, get out there. There's a lot of like wonderful, cool celebrations happening around the city. You should go enjoy them. We love you all very much. We're gonna change the world. Thank you. Bye. SFGovTV, San Francisco Government Television. Hi, everyone. I know it's raining, so we'll try to make sure that we hurry up. Um, actually, no, I'm not going to hurry up because this is really exciting. I'm excited to be here today with Supervisor Fuhr and some of the residents of this uh, apartment that we're standing in front of today. Uh, to talk about how amazing uh, the small site acquisition program is in San Francisco and what we've been able to accomplish here. This is absolutely amazing. And let me tell you, when our former uh, Mayor Ed Lee uh, served as mayor, uh, he really understood in, in numerous conversations we had around the challenges with affordable housing that it wasn't just about building new affordable housing, which we so desperately need. It was also about remembering people who live in apartment buildings like this, people who live in affordable housing uh, uh, all over San Francisco, and, and the challenges that exist 
with not only maintaining those facilities, but making sure that they are available and remain safe and affordable for so many residents who sometimes could get displaced when these buildings go on the market. Uh, that's why this small sites acquisition program is so important. And no one on the Board of Supervisors has been a stronger supporter of this program than Supervisor Sandy Feuer. Uh, she uh, continues to twist my arm to say, look, we haven't been able to you know, do a lot around investments in affordable housing in my district on the west side of town. So we need to do more to invest in small sites because that's an opportunity to help stabilize low-income families who live in these apartment buildings all over the west side who oftentimes are not getting the support that they need. And so this is really amazing. We will be protecting 12 affordable homes. This is our second small site on the west side of town. And we have not only invested millions of dollars in the past year's budget to help support small sites, because of the voters of San Francisco passing a $600 million affordable housing bond, we will invest another $30 million in small site acquisition. So absolutely amazing. Now, to date, we've acquired 35 buildings with 290 units in the Sunset, in the Mission, in the Excelsior, in Selma, in Haight-Ashbury, and Richmond neighborhood. An additional 15 buildings with 137 total units are in the pipeline. That's $135 million of city funds that have been committed to help support 500 residents in San Francisco. Absolutely amazing. I want to thank Meta, and I know we have someone who's going to be speaking on their behalf later today for being our amazing community partner because the city can invest the funds, but unless we have partners and people who are willing to do the work, then we can't get this done in a timely manner. And oftentimes these projects are timely. So we are so grateful for the partnership with Meta, and we are really grateful for the San Francisco Housing Accelerator Fund, and uh, they're gonna be talking in just a minute. And finally, I wanna thank the residents of 369 3rd Avenue for their patience and uh, their excitement over this and trusting the city to work with us to make this happen. And I know Dan Adams is here from the Mayor's Office of Housing. Thank you to you and your team, Dan, for doing such amazing work around affordable housing every single day. So with that, I want to uh, introduce uh, the supervisor for this district and the biggest advocate in San Francisco for small site acquisition, ladies and gentlemen, Supervisor Fewer. Thank you, Madam Mayor. So first I want to start off by saying um, a big thanks to a lot of people. Meta, of course, coming out here and buying this property for us and managing it. This is a gift. I know it's out of your geographic area. Thank you so much for coming out here and keeping these homes here. To our mayor, of course, Madam Mayor, thank you so much and also um, to MOHCD for actually helping us with this. It actually takes everyone together to save these sites. Um, the San Francisco Housing Accelerator Fund, we couldn't have done it without you. And of course, our rock star tenants of 369 3rd Avenue, Chloe Jackman and Laura Nuno. And I just want to say, this is why we are able
able to do this, and this is why we do this. But I also really want to thank the Housing Rights Committee. You know, we have a West Side site. There are partners and everything. They're the first people we go to when we hear about a building that's going to be for sale. When people email our office and say, help, my building's being sold. I don't know what to do. I've lived here for 44 years. We call HRC. And we are our par partners together in keeping our residents stable. So I don't want to correct the mayor, but if I could just this once. This is actually the third site in the Richmond district. And all of them yes. since I've become, yes, thank you. There's two here and then one over there. Absolutely. So we have one on 17th Avenue, which we saved. That was the first one. Seniors in that building. Again, people who have lived in our Richmond district for like over 40 years. Another one, we're um, actually at 9th and Calif uh, Clement, where Hamburger Haven is. The mayor was there, actually welcoming us there and celebrating the acquisition of 14 units, an SRO unit ha inhabited by Chinese Americans that are seniors. One lady, I think, was 98 years old, and now they can live, they've lived there for over 25 years, and now they continue to live there for the rest of their lives. Um, and then, of course, this is our third. We know in the Richmond District, this is how, this is the strategy that we are going to use to keep people stabilized and keep these wonderful families and the residents of the Richmond right here in the Richmond, in the district in which they choose to live, in which they love, and we love having them too. And so I want to also, again, say thank you to Meta, because without Meta, we could not have done this. Um, you know, we have lost 500 units of affordable housing units in my district alone in the last 10 years. When we can acquire buildings like this that are already built, that already have tenants in them, and tenants who love our district, and that we love having them here too, this is a perfect combination. This is something we can do as a city. This is something we should be doing more of. And our office has worked very hard, as the mayor just mentioned, about getting more money for it and also to, acqu to acquire more sites. Earlier this year, we penned some legislation called COFA, the Community Opportunity to Purchase Act. And that just gives these organizations like Meta first bite at the apple before it goes on to the, to the market. So it gives these nonprofits a real chance to buy them first. But we need on the west side to create our own organization like Meta so we can preserve more of these buildings and keep more of our Richmond neighbors in their homes. So with funding from Assemblymember Phil Ting, we received a grant to actually come together and create our own, own west side nonprofit so we can buy more of these buildings all on the west side, not just in my district, but also in the sunset. So we authored legislation that will also put more money um, every year into this site for affordable housing. So now we've got a plan. We are on our way. We hope to keep more people in their homes in the Richmond and keep my residents stable here. 65% of my neighbors here are renters. They are vulnerable in this housing market. And I just want to thank everyone for making this happen. And this is indeed a great celebration on this rainy day, but during this holiday season, that these wonderful residents in my neighborhood no longer have to worry for 99 years, this will be affordable. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Supervisor Fuhr. And it was really smart for you to put your remarks in this plastic thing to keep it from the rain. Um, so next, uh, one of the partners, in order to address this, I mean, some of you know how much 
how critical I am of uh, the city bureaucracy and how long it takes to get anything done. And so that's why this partner is so important because the San Francisco Housing Accelerator Fund, they kick into action, they help us with the funding so that when we have the opportunity to purchase these buildings, they are really the bridge that makes sure that there aren't any delays that sacrifice the opportunity for us to get a hold of these buildings for the people who live there. And so Rebecca Foster is the chief executive officer of the San Francisco Housing Accelerator Fund, and she is here to say a few words. Thank you so much, so, so much for everything you do, Rebecca. And we do our work very closely with Meta, so I'm going to bring up the, the great Meta team with us. Uh, and as the mayor said, uh, we are, you have to move at the pace of the market to get opportunities like this and to not lose the affordability of, for, for residents like the amazing residents here. And so, and that's what we do. We work with amazing community-based organizations like Meta and we provide the capital that they need to buy buildings like this where they, that are at risk and to, and to rehab them and to make uh, improvements to the buildings and then for our partner with the city to come in with the permanent capital that's needed to make them affordable for the 99 years that now this building will be affordable for. This is our 15th project and with it, we'll have deployed over $118 million since we were created in the mayor's office less than three years ago. And as Supervisor Fewer said, we, like, we need to triple down on this work and, and see so many more like this on the west side. And, and, and also are loving uh, working, working with Meta on, and the supervisor on this effort to build more capacity for community-based developers out here to do more work like this. My name's Caroline Fang, I'm Director of Community Real Estate at Meta, and this is Juan Diego Castro. He's the <laughs> Chief Project Manager that made this happen for all of these residents to be able to stay. As you many of you have heard, it's a hustle to buy a building off the private market and to be able to make sure the residents are fully aware of what we're doing at the same time while we're also keeping the seller confident that we're actually going to buy this building and making sure that we have the financing first through Housing Accelerator Fund and then afterwards with the Mayor's Office of Housing Community Development. All this is what we've been able to do time and time again in the Mission Bernal area, and we're so excited that we can now bring this to other parts of the city, including the Sunset and the Richmond District. And as, as you have heard from Supervisor Fewer as well as from the mayor, we're excited that we can actually start doing this capacity building now that we have more legislation and funding to look at other parts of the, the, the city and really grow our small engine that could, small sites program, to the big engine that could and really address displacement in our city so thank you thank you and so I also want you to hear a little bit from some of the residents so first up we have Laura who will uh, talk about her experience thank you so much for being here Laura Thank you. Uh, when we heard that the building was going to be for sale the second time within two years we were kind of oh my god now what but then when we saw the ad when we saw the ad that they posted for sale saying this building was not rent controlled, it was like our hearts just dropped to our feet. What do you mean? We've been here 41 years, we've been under rent control, but they were going by the date of the occupancy that wasn't filed for so much later. But then we had a meeting, thanks to the San Francisco Housing Committee, and they introduced us to MEDA, and we thought, MEDA, what's MEDA? 
and we read and we thought okay but we still were concerned we were kind of half and half about rent control so we did the appeals people's rents were raised not everyone but some um, it got to be kind of heated but then we realized that you know I was here 41 years but no one else has been and that's when you kind of put aside things saying you do things for the betterment of all of us, not just yourself. And it meant a lot. We got it done with the help of, oh my God, partners, Sandra and Ian. My God, every time I had a question, I sent them an email. It was like the next day I got a response as busy as their jobs were. I don't know how to thank them enough, but more so the mayor for backing this part so much. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Everyone, we're in our homes. We're not going somewhere else. And it just means so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Laura. And now uh, for another resident, Chloe, and one of the newest residents of 369 3rd Street, Alonzo Barak. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, we found out that the building was for sale for the second time uh, when I was pregnant five months with our baby, and um, Laura found out that it was not rent controlled the day after we found out it was going up for sale, which meant that sometime around the time I'd be giving birth, we'd probably be having either a rent hiked up or having some new landlord evict us out so that they could, I don't know, tear it down or put a bunch of people who wanted to spend a lot of money to live here. And um, I just decided no. <laughs> I was not going to be moved out of my home. Um, I was not going to let that happen to the rest of our tenants in our home. Um, I just we're part of what makes the San Francisco heartbeat what it is and um, this building is full of families and retired people and um, it just wasn't going to happen and I'm just so grateful that there was so much support and so many passionate people who are putting all their effort into keeping San Francisco what San Francisco was supposed to be. Um, <laughs> very passionate people. Um, so I just uh, I, I can't say enough, and I want everyone, everyone, everyone out there in the city to know that you don't have to feel paralyzed. I felt very paralyzed when this all came to be. I did not know where to turn. It just happened to be that I got a postcard from Impact um, the next day, and I just happened to call them instead of throwing another postcard away in the mail. And that whole ball that got the whole ball rolling, and um, you don't have to be uh, – you're not a victim. We're not victims. We are people who are backed by – amazing humans who have big hearts who are here to keep this city the way it's supposed to be. So thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And he says thank you too. <laughs> All right. Well, there you have it. Some good news for a change in San Francisco. And so I know, you know, I know we have real challenges in our city, uh, challenges that so many people uh, work on every single day to address and because of an amazing group of people uh, we've been able to create uh, just a little bit of a good uh, opportunity here uh, for so many people who deserve it and I'm so grateful to um, all of the people that played a role in getting us to this point. It took a village and now that village is a home uh, for Alonzo Barack for years to come. And I'm just so grateful to everyone who just really rolled up your sleeves and made it happen. And I can't wait to continue to do more 
acquisitions like this all over San Francisco. Thank you to each and every one of you for braving the cold and the rain to be here. Um, but it's worth it. And we still got more work to do. And I know with Supervisor Fewer pushing for these types of acquisitions on the west side and all over San Francisco, we're going to be able to do more to make sure that we are saving people in their existing housing for generations to come. So thank you all again for your support and being here today. SFGovTV, San Francisco Government Television. Good morning, everyone. Hello. My name is Ihuama Ihikumere, and I'm the site manager here at the new Trans Bay Child Development Center. I <laughs> It gives me so much pleasure to say welcome and thank you for being here today, for braving the rain and making it here anyway. Without further ado, I would like to introduce the Master of Ceremony. She does not need any more introduction. Let's put our hands together and welcome the mayor of the city and county of San Francisco, Mayor London Breed. <laughs> Thank you. You know, I'm really, really excited to be here. Um, last year, I was able to attend the grand opening of Natalie Grum Commons, and it was absolutely amazing. Uh, some of you know the history of Natalie Grubb and the work that she did to help create uh, the tax credit program that allows for opportunity to invest into affordable housing like this one that we're standing in. And her family was here. It was a great occasion. 120 families of low income will, are living in this property as we speak. And today, when we open this preschool, they will be prioritized for the slots in this location, which is absolutely exactly what we should be doing in San Francisco. How incredible is that? So I'm joined here by a number of great people, and um, this is, this is I, I like to see the young people already playing. I mean, this place isn't opening until next week, but they decided they wanted to try the place out. So that's why they're here today. Um, this new Trans Bay Child Development Center is just really a welcome addition to this community, thanks to the city's child care facilities fund, and also a special thank you to Mimi and Peter Hasfan and Mimi here is here to speak a little bit later. We are so grateful for that public-private uh, partnership that allows for an opportunity to create amazing spaces like this for our children to grow and to thrive. Uh, this is the third child development center operated by the South Market Child Care 
Inc., uh, SOMAC, and so we are appreciative of the work that they are doing in this community to provide these opportunities. High quality childcare, educational services, and free support for families in the South of Market neighborhood and throughout San Francisco, where we know we have so many children and families. And I'm really excited about the features. I mean, you all look at the beautiful colors, the tiny tables with the chairs that none of us fit in, uh, the bathrooms, the, the play areas, a place that not only is, is very beautiful but promotes creativity and, and creates, has an incredible learning environment. Um, on World's, World's Children's Day last month, I, along with President of the Board of Supervisors, Norman Yee, announced that we in San Francisco are launching the Child and Youth Friendly City Initiative. We are pledging, we are pledging to be a child-friendly city and we wanna make sure that young people have a safe and healthy environment to grow and to thrive, no matter where they live in our city. It is time that we start taking care of young people in all parts of San Francisco, and it starts with early childhood education. And Ingrid Mosquita is here, who is the director of the early childhood education for the city and county of San Francisco. Thank you, Ingrid, for joining us. Earlier this week, under the leadership of President Yi, we created a new stipend program called CARES 2.0 to support our city's early educators because we know one of the biggest challenges we have is recruiting and retaining preschool teachers. And I experienced this firsthand when we opened a brand new childcare facility in the Bayview-Hunters Point community in West Point. It was promised to that community and they had such a hard time recruiting preschool teachers. We can do better, we need to do better to support the educators who are educating our children. And so that's why I'm really excited about that program as well. But we are gonna go even further. And next year, uh, we will hold a Child and Youth Summit uh, in San Francisco to really bring together people and experts and others to really begin to have a conversation about how we do a better job as a city with taking care of not just our children, but everybody's children other kids who may not have those parents or grandparents or community members who are looking out for their best interest. We have got to do a better job in investing in kids that oftentimes are neglected and forgotten and not getting the resources that they need and deserve to grow and thrive. This is personal for me as someone who grew up raised by my grandmother in public housing and have seen really the devastating impacts of neglect. So many of the people that I grew up with ended up unfortunately in very different situations and I should be the norm and not the exception. And so we have to commit now today to do a better job for our kids and it starts with our summit and the number of investments that we are making to start to support our young people early in their lives. And so with that, I want to really um, um, thank each and every one of you for being here. Uh, thank you to Nasheen, who you're going to hear from in just a minute, and the Office of Community Investment and Infrastructure, the Mayor's Office of Housing and Community Development, the Office of Early Care and Education, 
Mercy Housing and the architects for this project, Santos Prescott, who was instrumental in, in this project. It is absolutely beautiful, and we are grateful. Thank you to the contractor, Cahill Construction, and again, thank you to Mrs. Mimi Haas, who's joining us here today, um, who's the president of the Mimi and Peter Haas Fund. Um, it, is, it does take a village. Uh, this village came together to make something magical happen, and I am so looking forward uh, to doing more projects like this to change, you know, really what is normal in San Francisco. Having access to affordable childcare for all families, whether you're low or middle income, is critical to making sure that our kids have the kinds of environments where they would grow and thrive. This is just the beginning, and I'm excited uh, to partner with the next speaker, uh, President of the Board of Supervisors, Norman Yee, who is really like the child care king. Um, let me tell you, this man, when I, we came onto the Board of Supervisors together, and every single instance, he had always been the person who advocated to make sure that with developments, there were resources for child care. With anything that we were doing, whether it was holding people accountable to think about child care and how we provide resources for young people, he was at the forefront of those conversations. And so I'm excited that we've come, you know, full circle with the fees from developments uh, being used for purposes like this. That's what's making some of this happen. And so we are able to do that because of the hard work and leadership of President of the Board of Supervisors, Norman Yee. Thank you, Mayor Bree. Um, you know, I'd like to think that I play a role in some of this stuff, and I, part, <laughs> part of it is I'm just one person, and many of you in this room, we've been in this battlefield for decades, and this is really, to me, the result of the, all those battles we had over the 40 years I've been involved with this field. So I'm really thrilled to be here. I mean, when I walk through the center today, I keep on thinking, every child, every toddler, every preschooler should have the same opportunity in this quality environment. And of course, the uh, South Market Child Care, Inc., is really the ideal organization to operate this. Not only are they one of the best um, quality early education organization in the city, but their commitment to this area, to this South Market area, precedes almost everybody in this room. It's, it's, they've been here for 40 years, 50 years, and I, I've worked with them through many of those years and seen them grow and wanting to serve the people that live in this community. So thank you um, to their organization. And I really, again, um, Mayor Breed thanked a lot of organizations that make this happen. It, it really does take a village. And I think this village came together for this. And one of those, those important person that is part of this village is Mimi Haas. I really um, admire her for her ongoing, ongoing, never giving up support of early education in San Francisco. Thank you, Mimi. 
See, even, even the kids know that. <laughs> As many of you know, early education, early care and uh, education has been my life's work. I work in this field as an educator and also as an executive director of one of the larger um, childcare providers or early education providers in San Francisco for over 15 years. Um, that I have seen, what I have seen over the years is the need to constantly advocate for more resources. Early educators are underpaid and unfortunately the state has not been able to keep up with its investments. As a city, we have invested in creating an entire Office of Early Care and Education, dedicated millions to sustain our child provider workforce. Most recently, as Mayor Bree mentioned, and I really want to commend her for supporting this notion of a 2.0 CARES program. Um, it's something that I played a role in many, many years ago in creating the CARES 1.0, and at the time, it was, it was earth-shattering for it to happen. It's something that the rest of California followed um, right after we did it. And I, I was telling a story to somebody, I forgot now, um, about two months ago, I was approached by a young, young lady, probably in her 20-something, and she said, hi, I remember you. You were Santa when it was in preschool. I said, wow, why, why would a preschooler remember that, you know? And, and she said, no, because my, my mother, Joy, from True Sunshine, um, told her when she was growing up that it was a CARES program. It, uh, she was ready to lead the field. And because of that pro program, she stuck it out. And she's still, I think she's retired now, but she stuck it out for many, many more years. And that's what we need to do in San Francisco, support our our teachers, our early educators, who really are the most important people when it comes to education of our children in San Francisco. So thank you very much again, Mayor Bree. Um, I would like to say that if I'm gonna be lengthy, it's because I never get a chance to uh, talk about early education enough, never enough. We are seeing a slight increase in our young children population and the number one issue I hear all the time from families and parents is that, you know, early education is inaccessible and unaffordable in San Francisco. M Mayor Bree and I announced that we are taking the challenge to push San Francisco to be truly a child youth friendly city that centers children at our policy, at every policy and planning decision. One of the easiest ways We will reconvene in open session. Uh, Mr. Clerk, could you please read item number five? Item five, recommend adoption of the revised salary structure amendment of the existing employment agreement and setting the annual compensation for the executive director for 2020. This is an action item. Okay, and we already called item four. So the personnel committee met in close session to discuss the performance evaluation and recommend approval of the executive director's performance objectives for 2020 and found that the work of the executive director has been exceptionally good. Uh, in closed session, the personnel committee took action to recommend a revised salary structure range of 217,893,000 to 304 $1,712, which represents a 15% increase in the salary range. Um, 
and amended the employment agreement to extend it an additional three years from December 31st, 2019 to December 31st, 2022, uh, and increased the annual compensation for the executive director in 2020 in the amount of a 5% increase, resulting in a salary of $267,417. Is there a motion to recommend adoption of the revised salary structure, amending the existing employment agreement, and setting the annual compensation for the executive director? I should also note that the personnel committee uh, requested that the $15,000 of unspent professional development money uh, from 2019 be rolled over to 2020. Uh, the other uh, funds that were for relocation um, in, in the previous contract uh, have been used and um, will not be renewed. Um, so is there a motion to that effect made by Commissioner Ronan and can we take that same house, same call. Is there any introduction of new items? Seeing none, is there any general public comment? Seeing none, the Personnel Committee of the Transportation Authority is adjourned. And don't go away, because we're gonna reconvene in 15 minutes as the Transportation Authority for our last meeting of the 2019 year, and welcome our newest colleague, Commissioner Dean Preston.